Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Financial Channel. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I'm a friendly neighborhood finance professor. And today we're going to talk about the stimulus check. I'm going to give you a stimulus check update. Uh, we're going to update you guys on what's going on with the stimulus debate, uh, the nature of the stimulus package, uh, when you can expect your stimulus check. Uh, I know it's only $600, but uh, $600 is technically better than $0. So we're going to break this down this morning. Uh, get comfortable, buckle your seatbelt, hit the thumbs up button, and we're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, today I want to talk about the stimulus check. Uh, the stimulus check is uh, it's an important conversation, probably one of the more important discussions that's happening in our society right now. Uh, I am uh, very unhappy with the way this whole debate has been going. I feel that the American people deserve better than what they're getting. But, uh, you know, what you're getting is what you're getting. And I, I think it's just important for me to do what I can to be supportive of those of you that are working to make things work. And um, also, don't forget, this platform is Black First. Uh, that's very important. Doesn't mean you have to be Black to be here. But our number one goal, the reason we exist, is to close the wealth gap and to build wealth in the Black community. So if you agree that Black people should come first, uh, then put a hashtag B1 in the chat. Hashtag B1 is kind of a calling card to let people know that you're Black first. That's very, very important. So everybody in the B1 family, put your hashtag B1 in the chat. All right, so let's talk about what's going on with the stimulus situation. Uh, basically, uh, the stimulus checks uh, appear to be on their way. According to uh, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, uh, the checks are going to be uh, directly deposited based on what you what information you gave to the IRS. Uh, if you uh, want some specifics, um, uh, let's on the, the IRS.gov website. There's some information there, and uh, they actually have a link, uh, something like "Get My Payment." Yeah, IRS.gov/slash/GetMyPayment. So if you'd like to know the status of your stimulus check, uh, you can go there. Uh, basically, I'm, I'm going to read some of this to you. Uh, hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Uh, it says the $600 stimulus checks from the COVID relief bill are officially on their way to their bank accounts. According to two tweets from Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, who, by the way, is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, and so uh, if, you, if you want me to throw in my two cents, I, I find it a little bit strange that People that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars are getting to decide what poor people get to do with 600 bucks. I, that's just a little pet peeve of mine that I have. I, I don't think rich people should be making those kinds of decisions for poor people that are literally life and death decisions. But anyway, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin uh, has basically stated that the checks could arrive as early as Tuesday for those who have direct deposit. The IRS also confirmed that initial direct deposits began on Tuesday and will continue through next week. This according to CNBC. Uh, quote, some Americans may see direct deposits as pending or as provisional payments in their accounts before the official payment date of January 4th, 2021. So the uh, so that would be four days from today. Today I'm recording this on uh, December uh, 31st. Uh, by the way, give me a yes or no in the chat if you can hear me. Give me a yes to let me know you can hear me. I'm, I'm in uh, Mexico, so I want to make sure my audio is good. Uh, and also, please hit the thumbs up button if you haven't done that yet. So going deeper into this, um, your stimulus check will come this way if you set up direct deposit with the IRS for your 2019 um for your 2019 set, uh, tax return by providing them with your bank account information. 
If that information has changed, it will delay the receipt of your stimulus check. Direct deposits will start Tuesday evening and continue through next week, said Mnuchin. Uh, according to his latest tweet, uh, Steve Mnuchin says the U.S. Treasury has delivered a payment file to the Federal Reserve for Americans' economic impact payments. These payments may begin to arrive in some accounts by direct deposit as early as tonight coming into next week. So he tweeted that yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, he also said paper checks will begin to be mailed tomorrow. Later this week, you can check the status of your payment at irs.gov slash get my payment. So uh, I, I assume that most of us are in agreement that $600 is a bunch of BS. Um, give me a yes in the chat if you agree with me that $600 is ridiculous. Uh, I don't think most American people are in alignment with uh, those, particularly those in the Republican Party, who are saying that 600 is too much and we can't afford it. And I, I think that's a little bit problematic uh, because they, they, they tend to always find a way to afford to take care of their rich friends. And, um, and that kind of disgusts me a little bit uh, because it's so blatantly disgusting and so blatantly disrespectful. And the other interesting thing about this payment is that I, I'm still wondering at what point there's going to be some discernment about who should get the money and who shouldn't. Uh, if you simply took out all the people that are getting a payment who don't need it and then gave that money to the people who really needed it, that right there would be a massive adjustment in terms of the efficiency of this process. Why are you just giving everybody money, including people who don't need the money? Well, one argument that I would make on this is that a lot of these government officials, to tell you the truth, uh, you know, they they only care about things like GDP growth. You know, they're, they're happy when they see that the economy is growing and that consumer spending is up and things like that. Uh, much, most of the growth in the economy is driven by, by consumer spending. So they know that, uh, and, and Ice Cube actually mentioned this when he was on uh, Dr. Boyce TV uh, a few weeks ago. Ice Cube basically said, and I agree with him on this, I, I thought it was a great point he made. He said, money doesn't trickle down, money trickles up. And uh, I thought that was a profound statement. And the reason it was profound is because when rich people get money, when corporations get money, like when President Obama wrote uh, a $700 billion check to all the big banks and the big corporations, the problem they had was a lot of that money did not trickle down. Rich people do not get rich by giving their money away. Rich people only need to spend so much money and then they say they hoard the rest. Um, and poor people are the ones who actually spend because when they get their money, they got to go buy groceries or they got to go get the baby a new pair of shoes or whatever. Rich people, uh, you know, those who actually build wealth, get the money and they say, well, my baby's already got five pairs of shoes. I don't need any more shoes. We already have enough food in the refrigerator. We don't have to go to the grocery store again. And so they stack that money. And what they do is they pour that money into financial assets. That's why I told you guys about the importance of participating in the purchase and the ownership of financial assets, because that's the side of the economy that's growing. So the money doesn't trickle down because rich people don't let money go. That's how they got rich in the first place. If you do the same thing, then I guarantee you, you're going to be rich. I don't care like Willie Harris and Ryan and instant rewards and skin deep. It doesn't matter where you are right now. If you do that basic thing, like hold on, keep more money than you give away you're eventually going to be rich, and especially if you're buying assets like stocks and real estate, stuff like that. So what really should be occurring here is not only should the money be going into the hands of the people who need it the most, and that's kind of being covered a little bit by the fact that they're just literally making a rain on the entire economy, giving everybody 600 bucks and $600 per child, even if they don't need the money. But it would actually be more effective 
and more humane to make sure the money goes into the hands of the people that actually need it. And then also you have this new thing going on in America that's really fascinating where they used to have billionaires and millionaires. Now they got a new term I just saw recently uh, called, if I'm not mistaken, it was cent, cent, cent billionaires or something like that. I got to go. If I said it wrong, please correct me. But I believe it was called cent billionaires or something like that. And these are people that aren't just worth a billion dollars. These are people that are worth more than a hundred billion dollars. That would include people like Jeff Bezos, uh, founder of Amazon.com, Elon Musk, founder of Tesla, um, uh, Bernard Arnault, uh, who uh, created brands like that black people love, like uh, Louis Vuitton, uh, Hennessy, uh, stuff like that. He's about to purchase Tiffany. And I'm going to just say this, you know, I, I think that it, we got to really sort of stop for a minute and really check ourselves on our humanity and ask ourselves and say, does it make sense to have sent billionaires in a world where people are starving to death? Does it make sense that you have people that are making $300 million a day in a world where there are people who are getting evicted because they can't come up with $400 or $1,000 to get to the landlord by Tuesday? Does it make sense that Jeff Bezos and people like that make thousands of dollars every second of that they're awake. And there are people that, um, that, that can't even afford the basics for their families. It makes no sense at all. And it's, very, it's a very sad reflection on uh, humanity. It's really capitalism at its absolute worst. Uh, let me just say this. If they went and they took $100 billion from Jeff Bezos right now, he would still have tens of billions of dollars in wealth. Why not take $100 billion out of his bank account right now and distribute that money to the poor people who really need it? That, that's what I just don't understand. And I, I think it's a very sad reflection of society. It makes me embarrassed to even be remotely linked to capitalism. This is capitalism at its worst. Uh, and so uh, with that being said, let me tell you more about the stimulus checks and what's going on with that. If you could, please take one second, hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button. We are building black media here. And uh, also, uh, if you ever want to follow me on Clubhouse, there's my Clubhouse information. I also found this new app called Parlor that I really like. The conservatives created it, but I don't care. If, if, you know, liberals run Twitter, conservatives run Parlor. I don't care. I don't get into liberal conservative, Democrat, Republican. I don't love Barack Obama. I don't love Donald Trump. I don't love any of those people. I love black people. That's it. And so um, uh, I like freedom of speech. So the reason I like the Parlor app is because they leave me alone. They let me say what I want. They don't censor me. And I think that's important because we have to get the best ideas out there. So if you want to follow me on Clubhouse or Parlor, uh, there, there's my information right there. So feel free to do that. Also, you can text the word voice to 31996 if you'd like to get text notifications from me a couple times a week uh, when, when we go live and things like that. Um, so uh, let's see here. So so here's what else they're saying about the stimulus check and the stimulus check update. Um Let's see. The $600 payments are automatic for eligible individuals, meaning there is no required uh, action to receive it. So you don't have to do anything. This is according to the IRS. Those eligible do not need to contact their financial institutions or the IRS with questions on the timing of the payments. Uh, what if the amount changes or I don't get a check? The latest COVID relief bill includes direct checks of $600 for eligible ind individuals and $600 per dependent, meaning a family of four could get $2,400. And that makes me feel better. I, I like that. I, I wish it was, you know, $5,000, $10,000. Uh, individuals who earn less than $75,000 and those married filing jointly 
who earned less than $150,000 in 2019 are eligible for the full amount. Those who made more are eligible for reduced stimulus checks, but the checks phase out completely for individuals that earn $87,000 and couples that made $174,000 in 2019. I personally think the number should be a little bit lower, but okay. Uh, the amount of the stimulus checks could change, even as $600 checks are going out. Congress is still battling over increasing the economic impact payment amount to $2,000 for individuals. If the $2,000 checks are passed, the IRS will top up checks that have already been issued as soon as possible. So that means that if you've already gotten your $600 and they pass the $2,000, then the IRS will send you more money. They'll send you another $1,400. Right now, that $2,000 is uh, locked up in Congress. Uh, it's very interesting because Mitch McConnell and the Republicans, I think they're putting themselves in a very bad position. They're, in fact, they're risking losing the entire Senate because a lot of people are upset with them because of this. So here's what went down. So basically, uh, the uh, $600 payments were passed. The stimulus bill was sent up to President Trump. President Trump, to his credit, understood the obvious, which is that $600 is nothing and that $2,000 would be more appropriate. Although I believe even $2,000 isn't enough. What you really need is you need an economy and a functioning government. Though That's what you actually need. Uh, rather than just a little government check. Um, having the whole country on welfare is not the answer to our economic problems. <clears throat> we need an economy and just keep people safe. Remember, 99.9% .9 of us are not going to die. 99.9% .9 of us are going to survive. Uh, so why are the other 99.9% .9 of us not able to go to work and make a living because we're worried about something that's affecting a small percentage of the population? You know, There's a way to keep people safe. There's a way to keep people socially distanced, uh, masked up, sanitized and protected and still actually let people go to work and feed their family. So if I'm a person that's making four thousand dollars a month on my job, uh, I don't want to wait six months to get a two thousand dollar check from the government. How am I going to survive off of that? Seriously, how's that going to work? That math does not add up. I, I'm a mathematician. I taught math at the University of Kentucky. And I can tell you as a mathematician that you, you cannot replace three or four thousand dollars a month in income with a check for two thousand dollars every six months. That don't even make any sense. So <clears throat> basically, uh, when Trump sent back the bill and, and, and basically said, you know, this is B.S., um, I'm not going to sign this. And then he signed it. And I told you guys how Trump operates. He basically is he's a blowhard. You know, he'll threaten stuff. He'll tell you what he's going to do. And he might do this and might do that. Then he does nothing. He's always done this. I followed Donald Trump's career back all the way back to the 80s. In the 80s, Donald Trump used to do um, what could be called a pump and dump scheme on the stock market. So into politics. This was back when rappers loved him, Al Sharpton, white people, a lot of rappers and people that uh, claim to hate him now, they loved him back then. So this was back when they all wanted to be like Donald Trump. They all put, put him in his lyrics and everything. So back in the 80s, the reason Trump became notorious uh, you know, actually stock market where he knew that company's value would start going up because perception is everything. Perception becomes reality. So Trump would start buying into these companies as if he was going He was kind of the original Warren Buffett. Like people would just buy stuff. Like he was going to buy the company, take it over. And then he wouldn't do anything. He would back off. And then you know what he would do? He would sell his shares right when the stock price got really high. 
So it's basically a pump and dump type situation, you know. So now Trump still does kind of a pump and dump where, where he'll tell you he's going to do this and going to do that. And he'll start screaming and hollering about it. It's a negotiating tactic he uses. He's not a bad negotiator, actually, believe it or not. He's actually pretty good at it. And, uh, and then everyone reacts to uh, things that haven't happened yet. And then, and then he'll just... going to do from the very beginning and and that's that's interesting because that's how i saw that video of the father who was teaching his son how to fight in, in a dojo and the father was was acting like he's gonna swing at the son and the son kept ducking every time the father acted like he's gonna swing and he taught his son he said son don't react to what you think might happen react to what is actually happening don't let people psych you out by what you, you think they're going to do. Only respond to what they're actually doing. And so with Donald Trump, he uses that intimidation factor to make you react to what you think he's going to do as opposed to what he actually does. Um, here's the deal. So Trump went ahead and he signed the bill like I knew he was. I knew he closely in his tweets and everything because I made money from Trump's tweets. You know, when Trump tweets something and prices went down, I was telling you guys, I, I think this is much to do about nothing. It doesn't affect the fundamental value of the asset. That just means America's on sale right now. I'm going to go in and buy. And lo and behold, tell me, give me a yes or no in the chat if that did not work every single time. Right. So and so now Trump was threatening not to sign. He finally signs. Uh, and then the bill gets sent down. But he also says that we need more. Um, oh, the audio's cut, cutting it out. Can you guys hear me? Give me a yes or no if you can hear me. OK, let me know if you can hear me. OK. Um, so, so, so Trump basically, um, you know, s- sends back the bill and he says, you know, I, I signed it, but you guys need to increase the payments. So Mitch McConnell initially says no, but then McConnell comes back. So you can't hear me. Okay. You can't hear me. Okay. Give me a yes. Give me a yes. If you can hear me. Okay. Uh, it says I'm going in and out. Okay. You can hear me clearly currently. Okay, good, good. All right. So, so Mitch McConnell gets the bill. And, uh, and and Mitch is doing something that's kind of a sneaky little rope-a-dope. What he's doing is he's basically doing pretty much what the Democrats and Republicans both do. Uh, he's basically said, you can have the $2,000 payments if you give me a couple yeah. things that I want. Yeah. And uh, that's what they call a poison pill. So the poison pill is kind of a political rope-a-dope where basically they say, uh, we're going to hold, we're going to take what you want, we're going to hold that hostage until you give us what we want right so basically it's a type of political extortion it's legal extortion and he's saying look i can release the two thousand dollar payments if you'll just agree to changing the um okay it says i'm cutting off i hate i hate this i'm so sorry guys i'm in mexico and i don't the wi-fi is questionable here so uh Tell me if you if it goes in. If it does, just be patient with me. I, I apologize. I don't know what to do to change this, except to say that when I get back in the states, it'll be better. Um, so, so the so the the, the political rope dope is uh, that if if Congress will agree to basically do two things: um, one, adjust Section two thirty of the Defense Act. If I'm not mistaken, I hope I said that right. And um, and and that basically is the law that protects internet companies from legal liability from what is published on their platforms. Uh, and this is coming from the fact that internet companies, the giants, Twitter and Facebook, have shown a clear bias against conservatives and in favor of liberal ideas. Uh, they've gone from being these sort of very passive bulletin boards where people just post information to actually becoming the arbiters of truth. 
they become the, the, the people that believe they have the right to decide what people are allowed to think and what they're allowed to believe. Give me a yes or no if you've been censored by Facebook or Twitter at some point. Give me a yes or no if you've been in Facebook jail for something you said. Um, I've been put in Facebook jail uh, so many times. I, I could be a gangster rapper because I'm always up in jail. I got all my street cred as a gangster rapper because I basically am in Facebook jail constantly. Um, and a, a lot of times it might be because I simply quoted Malcolm X or I shared a quote from Muhammad Ali or something. So so I, I'm, in, I, I'm in favor of this. I think that the... Uh, internet companies are ridiculous. They're, they're, they're crazy. That's why I actually joined the Parler app. It's P-A-R-L-E-R. It was created by conservatives, but I don't care if it's conservative or liberal. I, I, all I care about is that you give me freedom of speech. Just let me say what I want to say. I'm not threatened by your ideas. Just don't be threatened by mine. So um, if you want to follow me on the Parler app, I'm mean, Dr. Boyce Watkins, by the way. So, so Section 230 protects these companies from liability. The, the, the conservatives want to get rid of that. I actually agree with the conservatives. They need to get rid of that. Um, number two, they want uh, the they want to investigate this election, whether or not there was fraud in the election. I'd be curious to know what people think about this. I've seen so many mixed reports. We live in a world now where we don't know what the truth is. Everybody's lying to us. Everybody's giving us different information. So give me a yes or no. Yes or no. Do you think that there was any kind of fraud in this last election? Do you think that there was fraud uh, in the in the way Biden was elected, or do you think it was on the up and up? Give me a yes or no if you think yes if you think there was fraud. No if you think it was clean. I don't know. I I, I just I just I I can't. I have no idea. Um, okay, so I see some yeses here. And okay, yes and no. Okay, so I, yeah, it's, it's kind of mixed. I I don't know. And I agree. I actually agree with uh Trentis. Trentis says I don't care. I agree with you. I, it, it's not a big deal. I don't think this is going to make a difference for black people. But long story short, that's what Mitch McConnell's doing. This is probably going to backfire against McConnell. I think he's going to find a subtle way to back down off this position because um, if he sticks with this, I think it's going to cost him Georgia. And, you know, in Georgia, they're doing the runoff. And that could tip the balance of power in the Senate. So I don't think if I were Mitch McConnell's advisor, if I was his homeboy, I'd get in his ear and say, yo, man, you need to back up off this because even your own base is unhappy about this because they want their money. They want their $2,000. So I'd be curious to see how he finagles his way out of it, but just expect, um, you know, a little bit of finesse in here in terms of how he's going to step away from all of this. Now, do me a favor, guys. Please hit the thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Also, don't forget the Black Wolf Boot Camp starts on January 7th. Today, December 31st, is the last day to get 30% off. So it's the last day. After today, the discount ends. So if you want to join us, it's a six-week masterclass. You have lifetime membership. There's over $1,000 worth of free stuff included in the program. And um, so if you want to join the Black Wealth Bootcamp, just go to blackwealthbootcamp.com. We get started on January 7th. It's very popular. Everybody loves it. Uh, And there's a money-back guarantee if you're not happy. But you're going to be happy. You're going to love it. So feel free to go to the URL. So, so, so basically, um, with the stimulus check, just to kind of, you know, finish up on this, these, these points here, um, right now they're, they're haggling over whether it's going to be $2,000 or not. Um, and the other piece that's really interesting, just in case you're curious is that there's an impact. The stimulus package also is going to make it easier to qualify for food stamps. Uh, according to CNBC, the latest COVID relief package expands food benefits, giving further aid to millions of Americans who are facing financial difficulty because of the coronavirus pandemic. The $900 billion, sorry, 900, I said $900, $900 billion stimulus bill signed by President Donald Trump on Sunday allocates $13 billion for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program 
or SNAP starting January 1st. Benefits will be boosted by 15% per month for all participants. In addition, the bill earmarks millions of dollars to support food banks and programs such as Meals on Wheels. It also makes changes to the eligibility requirements for SNAP that will help Americans in need take advantage of the program. Uh, Food insecurity has become widespread amid the COVID crisis, especially after relief such as $1,200 direct checks and the additional $600 per week and unemployment benefits extended by the CARES Act in March ran out. At the end of September, nearly 20% of all adults and 40% of those in a family where at least one adult lost a job reported food insecurity. That is 20% of all adults. I don't, what are they doing to this country? I mean, this this is, wow. Um, so here's how SNAP has been uh, adjusted. Thanks to the stimulus package, all SNAP recipients will receive a 15% boost in monthly benefits that will run from January 20, 20, uh, 2021 through June 2021. That amounts to around $25 per person per month. These are such tiny numbers, and I, it just, I just hate it. It makes me so mad. Um, it makes me mad because... I see all sides, right? I, you know, I, I grew up with economic struggle, but I've also seen what's going on with the millionaires and the billionaires. And, and what they're also doing on the back end of this is they're writing really big checks to companies. Uh, and many of these companies, actually, there's actually the creation of what they call zombie companies. And zombie companies are basically companies that are literally living off of government assistance, that they are the, they are the welfare queens of the new millennium, where basically these companies, you know, should have been bankrupt. These companies can't even make a profit, but because they've made it so easy to get things like PPP loans and government grants, these companies literally are getting massive checks. And so there are people, there, there, there are a lot of people out here that are actually doing better during the pandemic than they were doing before the pandemic. So, um, you know, this, this is the thing I want you to kind of process here. This is for strategic minded people who want to understand how the game is played both above the rim and below the rim. Um, there are people who profit from things like this. Rahm Emanuel, uh, who was uh, Barack Obama's chief of staff, former mayor of Chicago, he had a saying that said, never waste a good crisis or never let a good crisis go to waste. It was something like that. And basically what it says is that when there's a so-called crisis or even if it's artificially created, a lot of money gets released during that crisis. A lot of economic medicine gets distributed very wildly, very broadly, um, kind of in an insane way. And what happens is those who position themselves in certain ways actually benefit from the crisis. For example, on a global scale, China, ironically, China, the company, the country where the virus originated, which and there and I do believe I, I, I've taken all information. If you want, if, if somebody said we have proof that China created this whole situation, I wouldn't doubt that because I know how China rolls. I have tremendous admiration for China. I have tremendous fear of China. I have tremendous concern about China. I have tremendous disdain for China. I have tremendous love for China. I, I went to China a year and a half ago. I, I documented you, the, the whole trip to you guys because I was showing you guys on video how in China the entrepreneurs practice poweronomics principles that black people can learn from, right? So China is a country for, which, for whom I have mixed emotions because it's a complex society. So China, uh, that government does not play. They are the most gangster government in, in the world. And so I don't doubt for a second that there's proof that China pushed all this stuff through so that they could put themselves in a better economic position. It is not a coincidence that the only major country on earth 
that had growth in their economy this year is China. Everybody else shrank, right? So, so now they're taller because everybody else is shorter. And so the other thing is that it's also not a coincidence, in my opinion, that after this stuff is done, China will likely surpass the United States in, 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 in the size of their economy. Their economy is going to pass our economy probably about two decades ahead of schedule because when that thing happened, we shut down. They kept it moving. They kept moving. I, I believe that they lied about their numbers. I don't believe that they had they're, – they're, they're like, oh, we have no cases now. But you're like, wait a minute. You had 100,000 cases two weeks ago. You got zero now? Yeah, we have zero, right? I, I, I believe that they said, we're not going to tell y'all nothing. Uh, we're going to handle this internally, but we're going to keep it moving because 99.9% of our people are going to be just fine. That 0.1%, that one in a 1,000, we're going to deal with that internally, but we're going to keep our economy moving. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I'm not saying that we are, are just, you know, doing everything wrong. But I'm going to say this. When you have a, an economic engine and a political engine that's as big and as powerful as the United States and you got as much fighting happening as you're seeing in this country, it's literally like driving an 18-wheeler semi down the road and three people are fighting for control of the steering wheel. Three people are in this 18-wheeler going 100 miles an hour down the road, and they're fighting over the steering wheel. What do you think is going to happen if, if they keep fighting over the steering wheel? That, that sucker's going to crash. It's going to crash. Whereas China is, is, like a, a, you know, a, a, is basically like a, a th- three people that are driving an 18-wheeler down the freeway, and one person puts a gun to the head of the other two and says, I'm driving this truck whether you like it or not. <laughs> well, is that fair? No, it's not fair. Uh, is that de- democratic? No, it's not democratic. But is that 18-wheeler less likely to crash? Yeah, it is, because you got one driver. The United States has multiple drivers. Democrats and Republicans are fighting so much that nothing is getting done. There is no clarity. There's nothing but uncertainty. There's nothing but insecurity. And one thing I can tell you with complete certainty is from economic theory, I can show you mathematical equations that will show you that when you have increased amounts of uncertainty, the value of your economic assets will drop. So the United States is not going to win in a battle against China because China may be a crazy country in certain ways. They may be corrupt in a lot of ways. They may be doing a lot of things in very strange ways that we don't understand. But China knows exactly who it is and exactly where it's going 99% of the time. So that's my two cents on, on what's going on globally. I think also domestically, you have a lot of people playing games, multimillionaire politicians that are controlling the lives of poor people. You know, this uh, our governor in Illinois, for example, the first thing he did when COVID hit was he took his whole family down to their mansion in Florida. Um, our, our mayor in Chicago, who happens to be a black lady, I, I'm not a big fan of black politicians. Most black politicians I see, they're, they're not really representing black people. They're just really racist white people who happen to have black skin. Most of our black politicians, unfortunately, are really racist white people who happen to have black skin. So our black mayor in Chicago goes and spends $66 million on a gigantic field hospital Uh, in this place called the McCormick Center. Anybody from Chicago knows the McCormick Center. It's a gigantic facility. So they spend $66 million building this massive medical center because they're prepared for all these hundreds and hundreds of people that are going to come in sick. You know what happened? Nobody, Hardly anybody came in. I know people that are working on that project who told me, they said, we didn't even get called in because they, they didn't need that extra space. 
So I was simply asking, well, if they don't need the extra space, then why have they shut down people's ability to make a living for their family? Uh, this this is absolutely criminal, uh, you know, uh, just on an epic proportion, and it, it bothers me very, very much. And that's why I had I I owe I owe I owe nothing but the truth to you. I mean, that's that's my, my, and it's not even the absolute truth. It's just the truth according to what I see, and uh, and I think that there's a lot of games being played right now, and it's ridiculous. And uh, and I'll tell you this last point on this uh, as we finish up with the stimulus package conversation is in our local community the businesses, the small businesses are starting to rebel. Uh, there are small businesses that have literally give, given the mayor the middle finger and said, we don't care what you tell us. You know, Illinois is almost like that, that highest level of, of alert or whatever for the, you know, the infection. And they pretty much said, well, unless you're going to pay our bills, you have no say in what we're going to do. So there, there are restaurants now, local businesses that literally are saying, no, no. If, if Walmart can be open and Target can be open and Costco can be open and Chipotle can be open and McDonald's can be open, well, damn it, we can be open too. And you know what? I said, God bless you and good for you. I deliberately seek out those local businesses in my community to support because I understand exactly why they're rebelling. How can you pay the bills and stay in business and keep your employees fed when they're shutting down your business? But letting the big corporations come in, if they if the small businesses can't make money, then the big business shouldn't make money. If the little guy can't get money, then the big guy shouldn't get money. If you're not helping out poor people, then you shouldn't be helping out rich people. That That's the only way to do this fairly. And they're not being fair. So that's my two cents on all of this. Uh, I didn't mean to go into all this extra stuff, but I had to because I think that that extra stuff is what really matters in all of this. But I gave you some details on how the stimulus checks will be rolled out, and I hope that this was helpful to you. And I'll keep you guys posted on the stock market. So do me a favor today. Make sure you uh, right now, if you could, please hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Also, uh, you know, the Black Financial Channel is it's yours. It belongs to you. It's built by our community. We have over 100,000 subscribers on the Black Financial Channel now. Now. And also we have probably about a quarter million on Dr. Boyce TV and hundreds of thousands elsewhere. I won't go into all that, but we're building black media and we're doing it well. We've actually have over a million subscribers on different YouTube platforms. And uh, we'd love to have your support because we're, we're actually trying to do this so we can help change narratives. So if you could take one moment and consciously make sure you hit the thumbs up button, share this video subscribe and hit the notification bell so you'll be notified when we go live. We would appreciate that very much. The URL for the Black Financial Channel is right there. Also, you benefit personally because on the Black Financial Channel, I'm constantly updating you on what's going on in the financial markets, what's going on in, in the economy. And, and in fact, the last piece of uh, you, you I, this is not financial advice. Technically, I'm legally supposed to say that. But basically, this is my Uncle Boyce advice. Here's the deal in America. Here's the secret about how things are happening in America. America is a society that's become increasingly unequal over the last 30 years. Uh, there's a great documentary by Robert Reich, former labor secretary under Bill Clinton, called Inequality for All. Dr. Alicia, my fiance, she's a, my fiance is a, uh, a full professor of social work and a therapist, and she's a, very good at what she does. And it's really funny. You should really go on some of our morning runs where it's really funny to hear a finance professor and a social worker debating inequality in the economy and all that. It's, it, it can get real crazy sometimes but we watched this documentary together as, as we learn from each other and in this documentary called inequality for all he basically shows how america literally has become worse today 
than it was under the robber baron era in the 1920s and 1930s. Uh, America now has become incredibly unequal. Uh, the inequality has been significantly uh, biased against workers and poor people. So those who who are trying to get ahead by just picking up the paycheck from, from Massa every couple of weeks or, or getting by on the corporate plantation, even if you have a bachelor's degree, master's degree, PhD, MD, JD, MBA, BA, BS, all these other letters behind your name that make you feel better than other people, uh, even if you have those letters behind your name, you're not going to get ahead just by working for other people and collecting a paycheck. The economy has become heavily biased in favor of people who own assets. There are about 10 different factors I can break down for you in a later video at some point um, on why this is true. But all I can tell you is take my word for it. People who own assets, people who are buying stock are getting far ahead of the people who are not buying stock. So don't let your don't let your your scary ass relatives convince you that you should not invest because those people don't know what they're talking about. Um, the people that are buying real estate are getting way ahead of the people who don't own real estate. So if you're a renter, your landlord is going to outpace you tremendously and you're going to be the one paying his rent. So it literally, uh, you know, he's 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 going a thousand miles down the road and you're putting the gas in his car in order for him to do that. Uh, people who start businesses are doing far better than the people who don't ever start any kind of business. So it doesn't. Everybody has an entrepreneur, but everyone should own a piece of a business at some point. Every black child in America should be taught how to start a business as a rite of passage at, in, early in their life so that they have economic options in a, in a very complex economy. So what I just want you to do is uh, it doesn't mean that I'm shaming you if you're a renter. I've been a renter. It doesn't mean I'm shaming you if you're an employee. I've been an employee. Doesn't mean I'm shaming you if you don't own stock. There was a time when I didn't own any stock. What I'm telling you is that the economic model for black people must be adjusted for those black people who want to get ahead. This is a tremendous opportunity, actually, for you to get ahead because I'm breaking down the game for you right now. And again, I'm not just a guy yapping, running his mouth on the Internet. I have taught college students, finance to college students since 1993. I taught my first finance class. Actually, yeah, my first finance class, that's what it was, at Indiana University in 1993 when I was 22 years old. I've been teaching it ever since. I'm a lot smarter now than I was back then. And I'm telling you, the ownership of assets is the key to building wealth in America. It is very straightforward for a person to go from being poor to becoming very rich by committing themselves to asset ownership. So that's that's all I want to say. I'm going to go. We're about to go and and uh, and uh, and spend some time together. So uh, you know, Alicia's sitting over here waiting on me to finish up, finish talking. So I'm going to shut up now. Uh, so uh, by the way, if you haven't learned to buy your first share of stock, or you just want free information from the Black Business School, you can go to firstshareofstock.com. If you go to firstshareofstock.com, not only do I give you that free training on how to buy your first share of stock, you also get an opportunity if you want to join my mini class for 90% off. You you get that option, but you don't have to take it. You can actually do the free stuff completely free. And, uh, and the video is very good. It's been seen by over a million people. So we've gotten over a million black people invested, probably more than probably several million by now. And then also you get lots and lots of free information to your email from the Black Business School. So go to firstsharestock.com and everything's laid out for you. You don't have to do this by yourself. We know everything that you need to know. So anyway, I'm out of here, guys. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. And uh, I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Peace.